Hey everybody, welcome. My name is Matt and I'm here with Andrew. Today we're going to be talking about Man of Steel, the criticisms against it, and why it's the best Superman movie by far. So grab your popcorn and Reese's Pieces and let's break it down on the Post Credit Podcast. You know, it just kind of seemed like, man, this is something, this is some, the start of something good. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 uh, before we get into like cast and stuff like that, we'll just say you know this this was this was released in 2013, but it, they started creating it in 2008, um, and uh, you know you had just mentioned you know this is the start of something great. Uh, the yeah. the uh, the filmmakers didn't obviously didn't mean for this to be like a shared universe DCEU or whatever because they started making it in 2008 and that's when Iron Man came out and Iron Man they didn't have a plan really for the Marvel Cinematic Universe they released Iron Man started having some uh, uh, successes with some of the superhero movies um, and uh, then then built their universe um, and so when they made Man of Steel they, they weren't trying to set up a universe right um, yeah but they sure uh, but you know what I guarantee you the 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 big wigs at Warner Brothers were uh, were probably looking at it like hmm yeah because by this time there was only five Marvel movies out there was Iron Man Iron Man two Incredible Hulk Thor and Captain America the First Avenger right um, Captain America the First Avenger and Iron Man were were well you know Iron Man was a great movie Captain America the First Avenger was pretty good Thor um, Iron Man two and the Incredible Hulk were kind of like, eh, you know, it, it, they they were okay. I mean, I think I like Thor a lot more than the the first Thor than a lot than a lot of people did, you know, because that's that was an impossible task. They did amazing, but getting back to this, um, there was only five movies, and and you know, so they had a couple successes and everything, but they hadn't released Avengers yet. It hadn't gone that full blown. You know, Universe, nerds and yeah. world people blowing their heads because all these heroes were going to be together. So. Yeah, but, but hey, we you know we got to throw something at Marvel here for that, but you know. They made it not planned a universe, but just you know, at the ending of every single movie, they started tying everything in. Yeah, they from started the beginning. They started. I mean, we're, we're talking about like from Iron Man tying in Thor already, you know. And well, and, there was a post credit in in Iron Man where yeah. um, he was approached by Nick Fury, right? Exactly. And then but see, and but the see, Incredible Hulk, uh, uh, General was approached yeah. by Tony. You know, and so you, they you had, they'd already had an idea. And on top of that, you got to admit that, that that's genius. Yeah. That's genius on and it's it's almost like they saw the future in that in that sense but you know I feel like DC said okay let's get on this train you know we DC has been around forever I think okay? they did There's, that more with the next movie though yeah. Batman versus Superman that's when they were kind of like all right let's get on this train cuz Man of Steel has nothing that sets anything else up for for the wide universe this, no, this no. is all I mean, just besides to be Nick a Fury Superman bes- right story. besides Nick Fury and Shield you know but other than that you know no I'm talking about Superman oh 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 yeah okay yeah, this, this Man of Steel was no, was when it no. meant to be its own story uh, with its with all just Superman characters and everything and it wasn't until the next movie that they decided to add add people but but I mean everybody you know even people that are not big huge comic book fans or superhero fans or stuff you know everybody kind of was like you know they expected for them to create a universe, you know, because yeah. everybody was basing it off Marvel and said, okay, Marvel created a universe. We're going to see DC created right. a universe. And that's what they attempted, you know, and I think that they picked the perfect character, the perfect director 
and 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 captain like i said before you know to to lead that ship the only problem is is there was some mess up there yeah you have a stylized comic universe you need a stylized director for this and that 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 takes a big risk though i mean uh because like we said you know it doesn't speak to a wide audience uh, you know a general wide audience is sometimes kind of turned off by that highly stylized version whereas marvel is very they got a formula going where everything is more palatable to to the general audience as far as yeah. you're so, not being heavy on cgi or style Except right. for Thor, of course. Now, now, let me ask you this: Who do you think made that possible? Who Who do you think was really the the? I mean, me personally, I think it's the writers. The writers are the ones that that really, you know, you got as far as Marvel take, or yeah, for Marvel, you got to take your hat off because I mean, you, I you, know, you had different directors. Who's who runs the universe in Marvel? Uh, uh, it's um, Kevin yeah, Feige. That's right. That's right. The bald head, the bald guy. Yeah, Kevin Feige. He he. Receding hairline. You know, oh man, it'd be, it'd be so nice if we could have like a a, a, a Kevin Feige, uh, right? Kind of organizing everything. Right. Um, but you know, it's all a test. You know, it, just because it worked for Marvel doesn't mean that DC could take the same thing and get the same no. success. Even um, though half of Marvel characters are borrowed from DC characters, yeah, it, and it, you know, it could be some kind of a fluke. Uh, I mean, an amazing fluke. I don't think it's a fluke because I mean, obviously, they're twenty-three movies in, and generally, most of them are amazing movies. But you know, they found a formula that works for them. But that works for Marvel characters. It wouldn't necessarily work for these. Um, moving on, we're here real quick. Uh, we we got uh, Henry Cavill uh, who plays Clark Kent, Kal El. Uh, Amy Adams playing Lois Lane, Michael Shannon for General Zod, uh, Diane Lane, Russell Crowe, uh, Harry Lennox, uh, Christopher Maloney, Kevin Costner are also in. Lawrence Fishburne. Wait, wait, you skipped over one? Huh? Did you skip over that other one because you couldn't say her name properly? Oh no no no! Oh, Feyora. <laughs> Let me yeah. see. Oh yeah yeah. I guess I wait. Get, wait uh, I, I gotta I see how you say it. Let me see how you say it. Do you know how to say it? No, I don't. But I, I, I you're the one. Uh, you know uh, what? It might these. be better if I just don't say it because I don't want to offend her. <laughs> no, that's uh, what she I played Feyora. Uh, I want to say it's uh, Aunt, uh, Aunt, Auntie Trow. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I'm gonna butcher it. Um, so you know, please, you know, if you know how to pronounce it or whatever, send us an email. Let us know. Um, so, anyways, um, we we have a, a, a. I mean, we got some some award winners here in this this right. this movie. I, you know, you got Amy Adams, you got Michael Shannon, Diane Lane, Russell Crowe. Um, well, well, let's go, let's go through. Let's start Kevin with Kevin Costner. I mean, right. Lawrence Fishburne. You got some award winning. Oh, yeah. casts here. Well, let's start top of that list right there. You know, um, Henry, Henry Cavill. Mm-hmm. How do you think he did? I think he did uh, really good as Superman. I think he had the dedication to it. Um, you know, when 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 Christopher Reeve was was getting ready to play Superman, he was a very gangly, very skinny type of tall, gangly, skinny um, actor. And he actually approached David Prowse, who played. Oh, what on? Uh... I'll see if you know. Do you know who David Prowse no, is? No. David Prowse is the body actor for Darth Vader in all three original uh, Star Wars: okay. In the New Hope, Empire yeah. Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi. David Prowse did was in the suit, so he was the bodybuilder. Um, and uh, that's Christ- right. That's Christopher right, yeah. Reeve went for went to him to help build up some muscle, but they still had to pad his suit a little bit. And I think they padded it with Henry Cavill too, um, even though they didn't need to. They just kind of wanted to make sure. Well, his no, form remember was what Zach right, but- what Zach said. You know, he said that you know he wanted same thing with Henry Cavill. They wanted to film him without his shirt off. Not not my thing, obviously. But because but, he had done so much work, yes, he was because, like, you know, we wanted to yes, show off all yes. the hard work that Henry, because he trained for six months. Yeah, you know, um, 
and 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 that's 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 insane. Yeah, well, Zach, you know, Zach Snyder's even said he he had a lot more respect for for. I mean, not that he had little respect for him, but he had a lot of extra you know respect for Henry Cavill because, and that's why you know having you know he wanted to show too that you know it wasn't just the suit that made him look like that that he actually you know Henry Cavill actually put as an actor. You know, actually put in the work. Yeah, he trained. And he trained uh, in uh, was it Jim Jones or something like that? I can't remember what it's called, but it's the same same place that uh, the people from uh, the the cast three hundred did their training. Uh, they do training with yeah. military and all that kind of stuff as well. Um, Is it John Jones? Maybe I mean no, because it had the MMA word Jim G Y M, not oh, J M, okay, but G Y okay. M, and then yeah. Jim something or whatever. But uh, that that's aside the point. You know, six months he 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 was able to get this physique, and man, did he show it off. Um, now, now, do you think he he did well as you know? Because with these characters, spe- you know, especially superheroes, you know, they always have an alter ego you know, for right. the most part, right? Now, <coughs> do you think that he played Superman as well as he did Clark, or do you think you know he was lacking one or the other? I have my own opinion on this. Well, I'm going to get more into that in a little bit when we kind of start talking about the plot, but. My answer now is is this this basically, and we're going to get into this as well, but this is basically a year one, you know, Batman year one. This is basically a Superman year one. So he hadn't figured everything out yet. He was learning to become Superman. He was learning uh, that he needed an identity. So right now he's just playing Clark, right? He hasn't turned Clark into kind of an alter ego to hide his true self, which is Superman. Um, and that's what Christopher Reed did with the, the right. bumbling personality. He created a personality. I think he did good. Which I don't think nobody did it better than Christopher Reed as far as playing the role of Clark. I'm yeah. not saying Superman, but I am saying Clark. He did get a Superman, but Clark, he, yeah. He did, he the, did. I mean, I'm he would he, he would haunch over, you know, he, would, he, he wouldn't stand up straight. He'd kind of haunch over and put his shoulders forward. You know, he had the, the glasses. He even parted his hair a different way. And he just turned into this bumbling person. And then, you know, you see that part in Superman 2 where he's standing there and he wants to tell Lois. And he just stands straight up and takes his glasses off. I mean, he just turns into Superman. And all he did, all he did was stand straight up and take his glasses yeah. off. And he was Superman. So, I mean, I, I, I love that scene. Sorry if you guys hear this. I keep knocking stuff over in here. But if you see that scene you know i don't and i, and I won't go through all of these uh, one by one but i was just going with the main, main yeah yeah main, main man uh amy adams she did fine as lois lane uh, i didn't really hate her i didn't love her you know it was it, she did fine i personally think she could have been pushy more pushy more because you know in the comic books and all the other iterations of alliterations uh, of um of, of Lois, she's a very pushy, pushy person, and 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 very uh, outspoken, outspoken, loud, you know, rash, and which which I, I mean, Amy Adams, I'm again not denying like Margot Kidder, yeah, Margot Kidder, perfectly, you know, I mean, I mean, even even in Smallville, you know, yeah, and Amy and, Adams is very soft spoken, very soft spoken, just kind of, yeah, I I got she you had a little one. bit of it, she did have a little bit, especially with 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 uh, Perry White and everything else like that, she did have a little bit of that that pushiness, but you know it it. it of all the things that happened to her throughout the sto- all the stories, you know, uh, with Amy Adams, it's just kind of you know one thing after another hit her, and just kind of brought her down. Yeah. You know what I mean? So so it's kind of you kind of get why she wasn't as pushy because she was just a lot of bad things happened to her, you know, in, in her adult life as at that point. Yeah. And you guys are going to hear us say this a lot through this episode, but this is a different Superman for a different time. Um, I was completely behind everybody else, uh, all the naysayers at the beginning saying that's not the Superman that I know and stuff. But, but you know, you the, the Superman, 
that I was used to, I guess, or whatever the classic, you know, good old Boy Scout and everything. It just it's it doesn't work as well now. It 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 does, um, but they have to do it differently, and that's what we're going to talk about. We can hit up the rest of these as we go on. Um, the movie starts out with uh, a, a scene in uh, in Krypton. Um, where everything's going to hell, the world is ending. Um, it's, it, I think it's the best introduction we've seen to Krypton, to Superman's origins, um, all that. Uh, it was just action. But you, if you're going to start out a Superman movie, this is how you want to start it off. you got to start it off with Krypton, showing where Superman came from in the Richard Donner movies, which I love so much, but they are dated. And, the, and those you, movies, you also got to consider the the... the Quality of filming and the CGI well, yeah, effects. Yeah, and obviously, like that everybody's were, gotten better and everything. Yeah, nowadays it's, it's yeah. But I mean, we, they they showed us a, 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 a in the Christopher Donner. They showed us a planet where everything was crystals. They ate crystals, wiped their butt with crystals, and mm-hmm. you know all kinds of you know slept on crystals. And it was just all about that. I wanted to see a more uh, substantial uh, substantial world uh, with 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 stakes and getting to know people. And you you get. I think it's 10, 10, about 10 minutes. The the first, the first 10, 15 minutes is this, this scene in Krypton. But within that 10, 15 minutes, you get Clark's origin or sorry, Superman's origin. You get, uh, Zod's motivations and, and why he is and the way he is and, and, and what, what he's willing to do, the lengths that he's willing to go to. You get a sense of Jor-El's, um, uh, mindset, his views, his morality, um, and and as well as Clark's mom, which you know isn't as important later on, um, but you get all this, you you get why everything is happening, um, and it and and it's done in such a way where it's just it, it blows you away because I mean the music swells, you know you have the society who's um, used up all their resources, so they're flying animals around instead of spaceships. They can't do inter- interstellar uh, uh, space travel anymore because they've just just sucked out all their resources and the only thing that Jarrell can do or has time to do is to build a ship that's big enough for the baby to send the baby away and this is the very but, but you know I don't mean to interrupt you no, you're I don't fine. mean to stop you but I I, I kind of I, I noticed you've said you've said this before to me about the fact that you know he built he built a ship only big enough for his son right I truly believe, and just you know, hearing the way that Russell Crowe talked, you know, when when because he's Jarrell, you know, I mean, the way he was talking and the way he said it's too late for all of us. Yes, and and I feel like I feel like you know, Jarrell was kind of at that point where he was like, okay, I know that I've been trying to change things, but I I felt like he he's felt, part of the problem. He's part of the problem, and that he should suffer the same fate as everybody else on and that And he planet. speaks to that in the movie. I don't know if you remember, but when uh, when and you know, we'll get to this part, but but Clark gets to talk to a uh, you know a holographic uh, representation of his his, his biological father's real right. real self in his fortress of solitude. Um, and he was bad. And, and, and yeah, and the bio- the the hologram wasn't saying, "Hey, you should forgive me. You shouldn't." You know. Um, I, I, I didn't do anything wrong. You know, I mean, he, he grouped himself in with all cri- Kryptons. Well, yeah, and, and Clark at that time, his name was Clark. And he, he you know, uh, Kal-El was, was, was like, why didn't you come with me? And yeah. uh, Jarrell said, you know, we were part of the problem. Yep. Because the entire race uh, abandoned uh, having kids the, uh, and child rearing um the natural way centuries before. So for the last few hundred or a few thousand years or whatever, um, all 
all Kryptonians have been birthed through a lab type experiment where they've been fertilized and and carried in these mechanical machines. There's been no natural childbirth, and the the, the movie opens up with you know like a sonogram sound of a heart beating and you see that Lara uh Kal-El's mom is actually having it natural it's the first natural uh uh it's the first natural childbirth in centuries and I like that because uh, you know we've seen Zod and other people from Krypton come to earth and and mess around with Superman before but you never got a sense of what what makes Superman what sets him aside from them as besides being raised on earth. And I like the fact that all Kryptonians were created with a purpose and that's all they know. And Superman gets to choose what he wants to do because he was naturally created and, and, and naturally and, born. And, you know, I don't think I've mentioned this to you before as far as I, and I was just thinking about this, you know, but it's, it's weird to see because, you know, in all the other films, you don't really see Superman's mom really have any kind of personality or any kind of, uh, you know, she's always just been Superman's mom. Nothing else, uh, you know, but the way Zack Snyder brought both his mo- mother and father who were a team, you know, and, and believed the same and, you know, had each other's backs and that kind of thing. And, um, I mean, it just it, it just kind of... You're talking about La- Lara and jor yeah, Yes, yes. Yeah. And, and you don't really ever see that in another version of, of Superman. But it's just showing that, you know... They were the the rebels yeah. of their society, you know. I mean, and and Jarrell, like you know, yeah, Jarrell took the hit, you know, and Laura L, I believe it is, uh, took the hit, and and instead of them going with 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 Clark, which probably would have turned out pretty good, you know, it, it, they they were taking the blame for their whole society rather than than saying, hey, you know. Jarrell's been trying to fight against this for all the time. You yeah, know, he's, and he's a rebel. You yeah, know? Jarrell saw that 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 the race had weaknesses that needed to be stamped out, and that was the point of sending Clark, and um, he was supposed to be the the bridge. Um, so then we get to the next part. I just never thought about you know the the version of his parents that that he portrayed in this movie. I mean, gr- granted, we only got a slight glimpse of his mother. But his his mother was such a strong willed person, but she you know it, it, it's almost you see similarities between her and Lois, you know I mean just strong willed women got their 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 husbands or, or or their their loved one, their spouse whatever they got their back you know and support they support each other you know what I mean and 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 it's like it's kind of a weird thing to well, yeah to, they to both saw it. the yeah. end coming and but it's almost like you know how they say you know you marry your mother if you're a guy or and you marry your father if you're a girl you yeah know? i wonder and, if this society has like arranged marriages too i mean they 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 it seems like they monitor every aspect of life including child rearing you know they could have arranged marriages i, I don't know it's, like it, the society seems depressing as a whole if you notice. it does you know? i mean it I shows mean, not, you how what happens when right. you use up all your resources and, and are not smart about and, and not only that even even their prison is is just it's horrible. It's it's literally like like a heaven and hell situation if you think about it. I mean, like, you know, the Phantom Zone is is hell, where you know their society has reached a level of being, um, you know, almost angelic, you know, in 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 the way they do things, you know, and it's and and again, you know, I'm going back to the whole why Drell didn't send go with him, you know, because he felt he felt guilty. He felt like he 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 doesn't deserve any more happiness than than his son is going to have yeah and and and, and, and you know 
Because I noticed we say, oh, well, he didn't make the ship big enough. But, you know, they, they could have made the ship bigger. They, they, they could have done well, you something. know, and I, and I think I'd talked to you about this before. But, you know, there's that novel, Last Son of Krypton, which, you know, talks about the last days of Krypton. It has Jor-El and Zod as the main characters. And they were talking about kind of the same thing as, as this movie where uh, uh, Krypton had abandoned any kind of interstellar space travel. And when Jor-El found out the world was going to blow, blow up, all of the resources that he had and all the time that he has was something to build and something that was only big enough for for one and that was the baby um but you know getting into the next part um you know uh uh, uh superman or, or i mean zod zod rebels against the government um because he see you know he agrees with Jor- Jor-El ex- except that they go after it on, on two different fronts um he uh, destroys the council uh him and him and Jor-El have a fight uh, he kills Jor-El but not before they're able to to launch the spacecraft the baby heads to Earth, and the world blows up. Um, Zod, Zod, and his minions are, are are sentenced to the Phantom Zone. They all get uh, uh, frozen or something, and then they uh, they get locked up in a ship, which goes into the Phantom Zone, and they're they're imprisoned there. Uh, when the when the when the um, Krypton blows up, the uh, the uh, prison opens up because um, you know they were keeping it together but the they're basically automatically released from their prison and they see that the, the their world's been destroyed so zod takes it upon himself to let's let's get up this technology all the ships that we have in this area and uh, let's see what we can do about furthering our race because zod's not and we're gonna talk about this more in a bit well but, no no i mean we got i gotta back up just a little bit on that because you know zod zod saw Jarrell send Right, right, and he was asking where. So, so, you know, Zod knows that Jarrell's the smartest, probably the smartest person he knows, and he knows that Kal-el is also a a, a product of a natural childbirth, which he thinks is heresy, and he wants him destroyed. And he also has the uh, genetic coding from all of Kryptonians. Right. So, you know, there's this thing called the Codex. Um, It doesn't really come up much in the future, but that's what Zod is looking for. He's looking for this Codex, and it's basically this thing that has the DNA or the the structure of every Kryptonian. Um, and but he's also he's also looking for you know he's looking for a world. Well, he's looking to recreate Krypton, right? With with with, and he knows that Jarrell's the smartest guy he knows, so he knows he's not going to send his son off to a random, you know, planet with nobody that lives there, and uh, you know he's he's going to send him off to uh, probably a a, a well developed you know. A well-developed planet, you right. know what I mean? Uh, you know, uh, pretty far along there. You know, he's not going to send him to to Mars with a bunch of the uh, Marsh of the Manhunters. Yeah, ba- <laughs> yeah. Oh, basically, and he doesn't know where he sends him, and and uh, he won't find out until later. But um, uh, he's sent away, um, and then uh, we get to basically where the ship crashes on Earth, it crashes on the Kent farm, and then as soon as it crashes, it flashes flash forwards thirty three years into the future to where. Clark is all grown up. He's 33 years old. He's working on a on a boat and all this kind of stuff. He's trying to find his way in the world. He's left home a while ago and all that. But interspersed between us following Clark, who's actually walking, kind of a, doing a walkabout around the world, uh, doing different things, trying to find out if he can find any way on this planet that shows him who he is, you know, any kind of connection to where he's from because he's found out he's an alien. So as it's doing that... He seems quite depressed, too. He is. uh, As it's doing that, it flashes back to him as a child, kind of growing up on the Kent farm, getting used to being on this earth, um, being different than everybody. He obviously knows he's different. He gets his x-ray powers. He saves a bus full of kids. He still doesn't know who he is, but after he saves the bus full of kids, he... um, 
you know, people start to notice that he's a little different. And um, well, he—I mean, remember—he—he he didn't even know he was an alien until until. Uh, that's what I'm. Yeah, yeah. And so, so people are starting to realize he's di- he's different. And now I have I, I when this first came out, I had two big problems with this movie that made it hard for me to like it. Among other things, that kind of nagged at me that I realize are stupid now. But I had two big main problems. This brings us to the first one. And it's a conversation after he saved a bus full of kids with Jonathan. Um, you know, he's like, you know, what should I have? You know, Jonathan's like, you gotta you gotta keep this part of you hidden and he's like what was i supposed to do let him die and jonathan said maybe now i'm a fan of smallville you're a fan of smallville we're used to that clark and that jonathan that jonathan is my favorite iteration of jonathan kent on screen played by jonathan snyder he reminds me a lot of our dad um and a lot of the values and all that um that jonathan kent probably wouldn't have told clark that answer he probably would he wouldn't have said probably wouldn't maybe right right but it it also that that particular John Snyder's way of acting and John Snyder's uh, um, Mr. Kent uh, in Smallville would not translate to a Zack Snyder type, uh, you know, because Zack Snyder will actually tend to be um, dark and moody. You know, I mean, if you almost think about it, he might be actually better at directing Batman movies than anybody, <laughs> you know, the type yeah. of character. And and that's that's what Jonathan Kent was. He was. He was he w- he cared basically about his own world, okay, and meaning his own world, meaning his family, his wife and his son. He ca- that's and his farm, you know that that's what he cared about. You know he he didn't really it didn't. I'm not saying he didn't care about other people, but that was his closed off world. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 interesting because uh, uh, it's there. There's a dichotomy, or not maybe not a dichotomy, but uh, it's it's two sides of the same coin but both these these parents Jarrell and Jonathan Kent they both loved Kal-El but they showed right. him in different ways you know when when Jarrell sent him away Jarrell it comes from a planet where you know they don't have natural childbirths they probably don't have natural uh, normal families like we do here on earth or whatever everything's more galactic more universal that's they're so advanced that they're you know they've even advanced feelings out you right know, you know like. that's that's his way of uh, of thinking he's like okay we got to do what's best for this race and right. the universe to further uh life in this universe positivity and all this kind of stuff well knowledge too you know i mean i mean that's that's what i mean in every iteration of uh, of uh kryptonians whether it be comic books or everything they were always striving for knowledge they yeah. wanted knowledge yeah so so uh, he, he has all these big ideals and everything and then you go to jonathan kent and all jonathan is worried about is like look this is my son and all I care about is the safety of my son. I love him. You know, he loves us as, as humans do and all that. Um, and he wants to protect him. So a lot of the, the issues that people had with that, this is a Jonathan Kent who is so, and I can understand now as a father um, and as a father to a son um, that, that, you know, you have to, you want to raise your son in a certain way. And you know that your son is going to have to take on bigger challenges that, than you ever did maybe. Uh, or or whatever, and he sees that this this son that he has is going to change the world, is going to be a game changer out of all of human history. This one little boy that he is raising is going to change everything. Can and, I say something? When when you get a chance, let me. Yeah, and and so 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 all he's worried about is making sure that he he keeps the son that he loves uh, safe. Whereas Jarrell, he loves his son too, but I mean, you know, when he sent him off, there wasn't. 
a lot of, there was some emotion and everything, but he's like, you know, my hopes and dreams travel with you, you know, and meaning, you know, I hope you do well with what you are meant to do. Whereas Jonathan's like, you need to do what you want to do. And I got to protect my son. And, 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 you know, here, here's where you can match up the two. Okay. You know, I mean, Jonathan and Jarrell are, are totally two different characters, two different, different, two different ideals. I mean, for the most part, they're both good, good people, you know, but, but as a father, you know, you want your kids to be like you, except for not making any of the same mistakes you made throughout life. Right. You know, that you want them to be like you, you know, because you want them to have the same ideals and the same opinions. And, and, you know, I mean, you want them to have their own opinions, but you know, that's what the, the word raising them means is by teaching them, you know, what you know is right. 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 And, 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 you know, that, that can be perfected throughout all of history and over every single aspect of your life. Now the, here's the, the, the similarities there, you know, with Jonathan and, and, uh, uh, Jarrell, you know, they both wanted the, you know, Kal-El to, to grow up and, and, and basically be, be a beacon of hope and light. And, you know, and that's, that's, that's what Superman means. That's what, you know, they, they not originally what his symbol right. meant. Yeah. Jarrell and, and Jonathan both knew that he was going to change the world. Right. It, it wasn't as if Jonathan was trying Just to keep him buried for his right. whole life. Right. He knew that eventually he was going to have to step right. out and he was going to change the world, but he knew that Clark was not ready to be Superman. I'm not, yeah. not saying that well, he knew and, he was going to be called right. Superman, but he knew he was not ready for the role that Superman right. takes on. And, and, he just wanted him to get there, and and, and of course, I'm sure Jarrell felt the same way. Well, and with, with with Zack Snyder's version, which is unlike any other version out there, I think I personally believe. Not saying it's bad because I, I, I rather enjoyed it, but um, his his idea of Jonathan Kent is almost opposite. Well, Jonathan Kent and Jarrell is almost opposite of any way anybody else has ever done it. You know, in this in this particular film, Jonathan Kent. And we're talking a lot about Jonathan Kent because me and Matthew, you know, my brother here, we we really not saying we idolize Jonathan Kent, but Jonathan Kent is who what made Superman Superman, you know. And if you read any of the comic books, any of the movies, any of the shows, you know, Jonathan Kent is, you know, Jarrell provided the DNA, provided the the skill or and the uh, the natural ability, the genes. But, yeah, the genes. But 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 Jonathan nature Kent, versus nurture. Right, right. And Jonathan Kent is is what molded Clark to become Superman. Now, where this movie, it's kind of a little bit of the switching of the roles, you know, because Jonathan Kent is very, you know, secluded. He doesn't want his son to do. He he want basically wants his son to be a, a just a lonely uh, a farmer and for now a, for now for now and live the rest of his life and uh, I mean just you know just the part alone with the tornado showed you that you know the 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 part the part with the tornado you know with with Jonathan Kent's end is is showed you that even up to his death he didn't want Clark to be known as Superman or to be, you know, the hope of the world, the entire world. He wanted Clark to be, you know, like him, a farmer, have a wife, raise some children, live out the rest of his life in peace, you know, where, where Jarrell wanted him to be the hope of the world and wanted him to do better than he did and his people did and wanted to create a better world 
for his new people, where in all the other Maybe iterations, a whole new, he wanted him to create a whole new. Absolutely, race. and we'll get to Jonathan's death right now. But uh, ask you a question: What did you think of Russell Crowe as Jarrell and uh, Kevin Costner as Jonathan Kent? Now we've talked about like the differences between the two. What did you think about how they brought uh, well to those roles? Because they made Jarrell, you know, again, this is a different version of Jarrell and a different version of of of, of uh, Jonathan Kent. They made Jarrell a warrior. Where in every other iteration of, of Superman, he was an intellectual. He was not a well, warrior. Can I interrupt you real quick? Oh, of course. Um, so, so in the society of 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 this this Kryptonians, we kind of skip past it. Kind of mentioned it, but uh, they they are created in a lab instead of natural. But they're also predetermined on what they're going to be. So Zod, when he was created in a lab or whatever, um, they created him to have attributes and aspects of himself that will make him a great leader. So as far as you know, mental capacity, strength, um, learning things very, 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 very quickly, um, and mastering them. Uh, whereas Jarrell was created to be a scientist. And um, so you have all these these roles in society that are predetermined. And what I thought was funny is that Jarrell is a scientist, but they got somebody like Russell Crowe, who's like a real life boxer fighting around the world with right, Russell Crowe. Right, if you've right. watched South Park, um, fighting around the world. Yeah. <laughs> well, and he's got the muscles. Right. You know? And but they, they picked him to be the scientist. And he's kicking all the soldiers' butts right, and right, stuff right, like right. that. I thought but, but, I mean, was pretty and, funny. And but maybe everybody even in that. had his own armor and everything. Yeah, and maybe know? everybody in that is, is 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 in that world is taught to, you know, defend themselves. Right, in some right. Way, but 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 you know, I mean, the the way that Zack Snyder did it and the writers did it, of course, um, that you could have found two better actors to play those roles. Okay, Russell Crowe, he he does seem like you know a, a smart smart person in real life. But he also, again, he's got the muscles, and and he he, uh, you know, he has his raging moments in, in movies, and he and he and he beats people up and whatnot. And where Kevin Costner, yeah, there's a couple movies where he's kind of you know Billy Bad at, Billy Bad Butt, I guess you could say. But you know, he's also plays that that fatherly role so well. I think you know, and and um, that's why I think you know they could pull it off. And 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 personally, if they found somebody else for for Russell Crowe's, you know, Jarrell, okay, but I mean, to be honest with you, Kevin Costner was a perfect fit for that role. Yeah, I think, I think, I think Jarrell, he, he did. Russell Crowe did a good job of of projecting kind of that calmness of a scientist and everything. But you're right, there's always, you know, because of who Russell Crowe is, and he's a good actor. I'm sure he could portray, but you always have this kind of thing in the back of your mind of of him being a tough guy, and also, you know, he you know, just seemed like that all, you know, he's willing to get into a fight and everything like that. And, you know, he's doing what he has to, cause the world's ending, but uh, it was very, very, you know, you, you expect someone that's much more stoic, more uh, quiet and reserved uh, to be Jarrell. Well, somebody I mean, is l- look at the Donner films, you know, I mean, you had, you had uh, Marlon Brando, Marlon Brando yeah. where Marlon Brando was, he, he, he was kind of an, he was an action type actor, but he was very uh, quiet and reserved type actor unlike Russell Crowe. Well, well you he, mean you mean he played quiet reserve? Yes, yes. He, he was he was more more the, you know, um the he used to piss people off. I know. Set, I know. You know he, well, he, had, like, he was nuts. And he had cards <laughs> instead of yeah. learning the script, he'd be I like know. just write them on cards, I'll yeah. read them and everything. Yeah. But. but but the actor the the type of acting he portrayed was more like um Kevin Costner's 
to, uh, acting on this film in particular. Now, I mean, I guarantee you both of us could agree nobody could do Jonathan Kent justice like Snyder could. And, uh, or, um, yeah, uh, Kevin Costner. Uh, I mean, everybody talks about it. That one part in the trailer that you saw that's in the movie as well when yeah. he says, can I keep pretending to be your son? And Kevin Costner says, you are my son. And if yep. his voice cracks and you're just like, how do you not like choke up at that? And yeah. especially, especially, you know, thinking about the father son relationship right. and, and everything that, and that Jonathan a- and wants that, to do the for age, him. And the age that they had Kevin Costner portray and, and Diane uh, Lane portray. What did you think of what, Diane Lane? I, I, Perfect. I, I thought she was great. I thought she did. Yeah, a lot of people were talking about how when she was young, it's like, okay, well, they got Mar- Mar- Marissa Tomei to play uh, um, uh, Aunt May, Aunt May in, yeah. in the new Spider-Man movie. Which I'm so. not complaining about that. I'm just yeah. I'm going to throw that out there. I'm not complaining about it. And, you know, she she's one of those actresses that get... Some people do, though. Get finer. You know, they're like wine. They get finer with age. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And, you know, and it makes sense because... And Diane Lane's in that category, too. I personally believe for her age... She does not look bad for her age, you know, as far as... I'm going to put a sign really up is. that says stop banging. Okay, well, <laughs> hey, I'm trying to make my point here. No, I know. Here. No, and, and, you know, the ages, and a lot of people, and I have this here on my notes, too, uh, you know, I, I, I like I like the effects that the age have on Superman, because back in the day, you know, you had the older grandparent-type uh, ages. Like Lois and Clark. Or yeah, Lois and Clark, or the original, you know, Richard Donner, Superman, all that kind of stuff. You had you had the older people, and it's good to because the, the, those older people they had like the old, more old fashioned values. Whereas today, you need kind of the younger ones to connect with with an audience, teaching him these, you know, the the values of today or whatever. And we're used to it from having a young couple in Smallville being his parents. And well, everything. not not only that, you know, I mean, most here's most things too, is that. With Martha Kent, okay, she seems to always live through everything. You know, like in every 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 type of so Superman. Does Aunt May too. This is true, but <laughs> what what I'm saying is, you know, she's always alive, but she is poor not. Batman. He's got no parents that stay alive. Wah, wah, wah. Well, Alfred, I guess. Now go ahead. Yeah. Well, that's true. Why'd you say that <laughs> name? But but you know you know it, it's funny <laughs> because you know she she's not really Martha Kent is not really a. Uh, She's not really a, a teacher, or she doesn't really teach him, or or teach him any kind of lessons throughout his life, or known for that in any kind of adaptation of Superman. She's always just been the one that lives, and where Jonathan Kent is the one that always dies. But that's for good reason. Yeah. Well, we get to this this part where uh, where uh, you know, of course, it's flashing back, showing what he did when he was growing up, all the things he had to learn. Uh, finds out he's an alien, and he eventually finds a spaceship that uh, that uh, the military. But you got to admit, he probably already always knew he was he was not from the same. Planet. Well, he probably knew there was something going on because you know he even asked Jonathan. He's like, "Did God do this to me?" And that's when Jonathan showed him the ship, and is like, "Okay, well, you know, you're not human, and all that." Um, but it gets to this this uh, you know he finally finds this this ship in the Arctic, uh, flies it away from the military, gets it away from them. Uh, we'll go back to that in just a second, but I, I just wanted to say that this whole the you know the, the, the wait 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 we can't skip over that that one one little bit of tidbit that you of information you just said he just flies it away. Now we've got to talk. I mean, since you brought it up, we've got to talk about his fortress of solitude okay. or lack thereof. Yeah. So they they find they find a ship that's been there ten thousand years ago. You know, somebody in in Clark's lineage thousands of years ago got in that ship. So that's why there is a suit on that ship. Well, it seems with, like all of them are related with the last name L. <laughs> something like that. But you know, you you have 
you have him find the ship. He finds uh, Lois in it, you know, drops her off and then takes off with the ship. In that scene, uh, we have um, our first uh, uh, Smallville alum. Well, besides uh, uh, Amy Adams. Uh, for those of you who don't know, obviously, we've been talking about uh, Smallville and how big of a fans we are of Smallville. Um, it, 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 uh, Smallville is a show about uh, Clark Kent. Uh, uh, starts in his freshman year of high school and he's getting his powers and basically learning how to deal with his powers. The whole show has to do with him learning about his powers before he becomes Superman. Literally only puts on the suit on the very last scene of the very last season of the very last episode. Right, right, right. No flights, no tights was the motto of that show. Um, which which for us being big comic book fans, especially my brother being a huge Superman fan, is very different and very weird for both of us to like Smallville as much as we do, but it was just such a well done show, which we're going to definitely have an episode over Smallville yeah. alone. And yep, it might be a long one. Yeah, it's in it's a well done show, and uh, you know I think it, for me it was like I was watching it during a certain point in my life, and and uh, it brought me comfort and everything. So that kind of stuck with me. Uh, Amy Adams, who plays Lois Lane in this, she she did play in Smallville. She uh, uh, if those of you who watch X Files, you know you have the Monster of the Week episodes in Smallville. It was called Freak of the Week because uh, they were called uh, what were they called uh, Meteor Freaks. Wait, That's wait, like, who named him that? Uh, was the uh, the person who's going away for uh, uh, sex trafficking yeah, and sex slave. Tra- and, uh, Jeez yeah. Louise, who yeah. would have thought that? Yeah, the, there's a character on Smallville called Chloe. Uh, and Allison she's Mack. She's played by Allison Mack, who is now, um, you know, she, she's... Sitting in jail right now, Sitting I'm in sure. jail, she's, she's waiting for, I think she's she, she's waiting to find out what the charges are going to, uh, you know, if she's, you know, she's going to go away for a long time. She was part of a sex trafficking group. Anyways, um, Amy Adams, who plays Lois Lane in this, she was one of the uh, Freak of the Week uh, people on on that show she played somebody she who girl. got poisoned by some kryptonite with with some kind of a lose weight drink and so she started eating people she'd lost a lot of weight but it made her really hungry so she's it was very weird but she uh, only ate bad people and and you yeah. know at the end you know everything worked out for her well even though she she is known for eating a human being no less right 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 uh and um uh what's that uh what was the doctor's name in uh uh camel or it was uh dr Oh, it's uh, Emil Hamilton. There we go. Um, so uh, that's played by uh, Richard Schiff in uh, this movie. Um, but right next to him in this first scene that we see him um, is a, uh, a a a guy um, that was also on Smallville. Uh, it's a guy named his name is uh, Alessandro Giuliani, and he plays a kind of a, like a tech guy that's watching the screens. But he uh, he actually played Emil Hamilton in Smallville as well. So he's also in this scene. And then there's a, another scene later on where a soldier, he's the first one to say Superman. Um, he also was in Smallville as well. Another, you know, kind of freak of the week type thing. So got a lot of uh, Smallville alumni in, in, yeah, and, in and, this. And, and, and that guy, he, he doesn't. If you Which look guy? At, um, the played Hamilton, you know. Uh, uh, oh, uh, Alessandro, yeah. Or was it? Uh, are you talking about uh, in, in Smallville? Yeah, yeah. Well, in Smallville and this movie, he didn't. I mean, you look at him back then. I mean, what year was that? Uh, probably like two th- early two well, thousand. It was season nine, I believe. Okay, and so, so season nine would be two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Yeah, but like but that. I mean, look at him now, and look at him back then. I mean, he he's one of those people that he's got the Paul Rudd disease where he just doesn't age. He yeah. doesn't seem like he ages because he looks exactly the same. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um. So uh, we, 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 we get to this part. Uh, uh, Clark takes the, um, the, the, the ship 
and uh, takes it to another part, you know, somewhere in Antarctica. There's a polar bear nearby, but that becomes his new fortress of solitude. And then he begins to talk to his dad, who put his consciousness in this key that he gave to Clark, and that's how Clark is powering that ship. Um, so he has a conversation with it, and this is where we kind of really break down what 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 the you know what the movie is about and you know the the issue with superman nowadays is how do you have a conflict with perfection you know you you basically look at superman and he's perfect in every way he's got you know perfect looks (coughs) overpowered chiseled jaw (laughs) he's very overpowered the only thing they used to be said the only thing that superman can't do is the things that he hasn't tried yet when he first started out what he could jump over a a building he couldn't fly he could just jump over a building he still still can't beat flash in a race i'm just gonna let you know (laughs) So he could jump over a building. He was faster than a bullet and more powerful than a train. But that was really it. That was his limits and everything. Over the years, he's gained other things. Which, 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 you know, you know, I don't want to overlook that because, you know, back then, again, you know, nowadays, you know, you're seeing you're seeing actual human beings in real life doing some crazy stuff and being able to do some crazy things. Back then, that was probably. To them, Superman wasn't overpowered. I'm sure. I mean, it well, was no. like, oh, he could just jump really high. He could. But now you have kind a universe of, of hundreds yeah. and thousands, yeah. thousands of superheroes now, he, so where, where he can literally break the world in half now, or, well, yeah. or go back in time, like in the I Richard he, Donner films. I think he's bench pre- bench pressed his planet and all those yeah. kind of different things. But um, so, so I think that Superman is more interesting than Batman, and that's because you know Batman he lost his parents, a very tragic situation. Couldn't imagine going through that, but. People have gone through that and have gone on to lead normal lives. That event turned Bruce Wayne into a psychopath. Um, he was he was you know Definition all he could, of mental yeah disease. all he could focus on for the rest of his life was this thing. It's like you know you kind of want to be like, dude, I love Batman and everything, but you got to get over it, man. You know, it's like I, the horrible, horrible thing that happened. But it happens to people all the time, and they get you know they they're able to recover from it and and all that. But you know he takes this is the most extreme because we're talking about comic books. Nobody's gone through what Superman's gone through. Imagine having your entire race eradicated and you being on a foreign planet with somebody else, figuring out how you put you can fit in. And if you tried to fit in, they might just very well say get get off our planet. We don't want you. And then where would you go? So it's this guy who's trying to integrate into to this race of people that he f- can see and then maybe it's because of his raising by the Kents but he gets out there in the world and he's like you know this is the race you know he sees the ugly sides of humanity and you know he questions whether or not he even wants to be a part of it we can get back into this um what i what i liked about this movie was was uh, uh that 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 conflict of of perfection uh that superman has that he cannot be beat by anybody you know he has a silly weakness but you know that weakness isn't even in this movie there's no such thing as kryptonite in this first movie so basically he's an invincible person um and how do you how do you have conflict with that? And that's that's what I like about this is this guy who's who's on this walkabout and he's trying to find his place. And he finally gets his ship. He talks to his dad, and his dad explains everything to him. He explains that you're going to be the bridge between Kryptonians and humans. You're going to create your own race, and you're going to lead them, taking the mistakes of Krypton, taking the mistakes of Earth, and combining them and creating a race that rises above those those. Um, those mistakes and he said you know they will stumble behind you they will fall but eventually they will join you in the sun now i don't know if that means they're going to be trying to attack him because he's different or whatever or if it's just because they're 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 going to be making mistakes but they will eventually take his example and become a better race i i feel i feel like it's bigger than that even i mean you know because 
again the Kryptonians were such an advanced race. They were they they knew about you know the the race of Green Lanterns. You know they knew about Mar, uh, Martian. The Maybe Man we don't know how far. No, they, no, because that's but I mean what, I'm talking about in the Man of Steel yeah, yeah. universe, like. What? How far did Kryptonians actually explore? What do right, they know? They right. might know Green Lanterns. They might know the Mar- uh, Marvin the Mar- right. Marvin the but, Martian. <laughs> Marvin the Martian. <laughs> I do that all the time. Come no, but, here, but, but buddy. Th- this is my point here. With with, I, I feel like it's bigger because again, you know, they went from Krypton to the Earth. They they had visited Earth about that. Jarrell knew that they had visited Earth. Right. So they, you know, you, you can't go that far and not run into some other race. But, and, but, but remember, that's what I'm remember what we said. They, they they hadn't built this universe. Remember, right in the, in this movie, we're just talking about Man of Steel. This iteration before they knew that it was connected to Justice League and all the Wonder Woman and Green Lanterns. It was just about Superman. Right. Right. But where I think the universe is bigger, even even just say say you take out all that other stuff, but you still include the Kryptonians. Okay, um, where I think it's bigger is that his dad knew that, you know, his he, dad, which dad, uh, uh, Jarrell knew that that he is not alone in the universe as far as okay. uh, of the vastness and the the many, you know, cultures and, and creatures in the universe. I felt like he knew that the universe was so much bigger, and that's why he sent him to Earth to protect Earth and to 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 uh, protect Earth, make it safe. But you know, safe from what? You know, not not from themselves because that was more jo- themselves. Though. No, I think that was more Jonathan's. Well, uh, he knew how humans right. could be and how humans would react to something like him and be right, like right, stoned. But in that's the what I'm saying. Square, saying you know, I, I feel like Jarrell wasn't trying to get him to save humans from themselves, but basically save humans as a whole from anything that might might you know be indefensible. Like uh, he's a shining bright uh, light of hope. You well, know, Jor-El even told him, you know, you'll be the bridge and you yes. will create your own race. Right, right. Between humans and Absolutely. And I just feel like it's so much bigger than that because, you know, when you, when you think about it, you know, I mean, Superman was the original superhero, you know, and, and, and I feel like, you know, there, we, we, we as podcasters and movie lovers, we tend to think uh, more in 4D than 2D or 3D, you know, or 3D, whatever. You know, we, we like to think more into it and to think maybe, hey, you know, because, you know, the directors aren't going to be like, okay, oh, this is a script. Okay, line one, line two, line three, this happens, this, okay, we're good to go. We feel like, you know, and I know you feel this way too, but we feel like the director, every director puts a little bit of their taste to it. That You know, um, most of these directors will go and read comic books and, and, and enter that into into their 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 production you know and 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 i feel like Zack snyder because from what i hear Zack snyder is a fan of comic books in He's general a big fan of superman too. yeah yeah and so what better person to get to direct that you know and, and you got to kind of think deeper into it now if you're listening to a podcast then you probably feel the same way but if you're not listening to your podcast then you know you're, you're just one of those uh what, what do i like to call them the the mouth breeding uh not mouth breeders so much as popcorn eaters Popcorn, eater, popcorn eaters is the best one, you know. Just go yeah. in there to be entertained, and that's fine. Hey, because there's nothing yeah, wrong with there, that. There are movies that you know maybe I don't get as into as other people, but you know I just want to be entertained. Uh, real quick, uh, the learning uh, after this scene, hey, when he talks to his dad, he puts on a suit, shaves yeah. his beard, I guess with his fingernails or something, <laughs> um, or some kind no, of Kryptonian no, razor the blade off the mirror. Well, and I think right they have it in the face. comic books where he actually shaves yes, with his fingernails yes. or something. Anyways, he gets in a suit and he learns to fly. Now. This scene is amazing because, you know, we haven't really gotten to see this because, you know, in the Christopher Reeve 
uh, uh, Superman. You know, he goes to the 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 uh, the Fortress, Fortress of Solitude, Solitude. Yeah. and uh, you know he talks to his father. He gets a suit, and it's real like like it's a faraway shot. Suddenly he be, he's in the suit, and then he flies away. There's no like gravitas to it. It's like something yes. like that, and, and especially even though he's a Kryptonian, he's he's grown up in a human world, has only known human things. He doesn't know that flight is possible. No, no. He knows he can jump real high. Yeah, but that's why he's like you have to test your limits. You have to push past your limits to see what your limits are. Right. So you see him jump, and he's he's at the peak of his jump, and he like pushes, and he even goes further. And I I love that that like it kind of shows the technicality of it. Yeah, and the science behind it. You know, right. I mean, if you look at it, like even the rocks, uh, it's it's almost like a bu- he's got about a two or three inch bubble surrounding his body, and then even the rocks that are in that bubble seem to almost defy it, gravity. Yeah, it, it it raises up with him or something. Which, like. which is and great, same thing happens with yeah, Zod later on. It's a great way to do it. I mean, you know, like. Like in Smallville, they, they, they started to get to that point, I feel like, you know, because, I mean, he was jumping, jumping, and then he just found out that if he jumps high enough, he stays up. You well, know? and they cheat, They did cheat a few times in Smallville and yeah. had, like, him, his body was taken over by, like, the bad version of him. And, and he, he could fly all, all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah. so that, that they did cheat and everything. But I just, I, you know, we haven't really seen a Superman learning to fly or any superhero learning to fly scene as exciting as this one. I mean, you got Iron Man when he first put on his suit and he said, screw it, I'm flying. And he just, like, he, he tried to beat the uh, SR-71 in, in the height and everything, uh, you know, as hard as high he can fly that was kind of cool but i mean you have superman this this person who's flying with a cape this iconic person how you you can't get more exciting than that i mean and 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 if you think about it too it's really the the only superhero adapted adaptation to movie that we have seen that literally flies with no assistance you know like thor flies but with the hammer you know iron man flies with science um you know Shazam sh- uh, Shazam you know but Shazam kind of uh, was I mean it's obviously after Man of Steel yeah, and yeah. pretty much it's after all these other Superman but I mean even even Shazam it doesn't you know he, he kind of seems like he's just floating kind of thing like that but you know the epicness the epicness of, of it you know you have not we have and not seen that Zack on Snyder film. is the man to show the epicness Absolutely. of it and and I'll take this time to then talk about Hans Zimmer um, probably my favorite composer aside from John Williams who's composed some of my Star favorites and, and many favorites but you know Hans Zimmer he, he just you, you almost cannot beat him as a composer and the work that he did on this you hear kind of tones of what he did with the Dark Knight trilogy and the drums and stuff you know the main theme for for Superman you know he's this big strong powerful guy that usually punches his opponents and stuff and so you got these big beating drums and everything but the sweeping music it's even got a choir in the background yeah. of this, you know, and I'm playing it in my head right it, now. It really brings a, me back to to the original, you know, Star Wars movies where and it where, shows them flying all over the yeah, planet yeah, too. I, I mean, know that's awesome. It it brings you back, and and it's you know, people. I don't think again because we get popcorn eaters, and I think that's that'll be our new term, right? Uh, instead popcorn of mouth eaters. breathers, we'll call them popcorn eaters, and that's just the the people that love to enjoy movie. But again. We don't Won't knock them for it. it. Yeah, we don't knock them for it either. I mean, if that's what you wanted to watch movies, fine. And you're probably not listening to us right now. But, but you know, that's that's it brings me back to the Star Wars, you know, or even Indiana Jones even, you know. I mean, you you listen the soundtrack just it really it gets you pumped you know and then and then and then you throw in great visuals from from Zack Snyder that that it just 
it's enjoyment. It's it's like a snack for your brain, you know. And it you really can tell. Is. And and Henry Cavill does a good job of like like he has this look on his face in some parts where he's just like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? You know, you know, like like he's so amazed. And it's cool to see that in Superman. Like you know, when you have Christopher Reeves or whatever, every time he's flying around, he's doing it like it's no big deal and everything. But this is a, a guy who's lived his whole life on war on on Earth, never thought this was possible, experiencing this. And you got to show that. You got to show those cool things for Superman. Like we said, this is like Superman year one. This is before he becomes the Superman that we all know, who's full of confidence, knows what he's doing. He's experiencing all this for the first time. And I love that we got to see that. Have you, have you, uh, here's another good point, too, that I bet, I don't know if you've noticed. I mean, it's kind of going in on what you just talked about, but, you know, have we ever really seen a an angry Superman? Like a pure, like looking at his eyes. You know, pure rage. I mean, Smallville. Yeah, yes. maybe different different colors, uh, rings and things like that. But, but I, yes, we have actually. Who? Uh, when when in the in Christopher Reeve in the very first Superman when Lois died. Yes, he, I, I and a lot of it was like sadness because she had died. But I, I have to imagine a lot of it was anger at Lex for what he had done and everything. Right. And he just screamed so loud that he decided to turn time back. Yeah, but okay, okay, <laughs> that's that's anger. But I'm talking about like. You know, especially at the end of the movie, but you know, we won't talk about that just yet. But you know, um, you you see real emotions, he, yeah, like human emotions, pure rage, pure rage coming from Superman. Like uh, Superman gets angry. You're I mean, talking, comic books. And when everything. do you see pure rage? Uh, when when um, especially near the end, yeah, right? Was right. Odd, but, oh, you're talking about in general. With, yes, you know, when he's like, yes. yeah, you think you can threaten yes. my mother? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and 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 also too, you know, I mean, when he's fighting the Kryptonians, you know. Um, you know, it's, it's, you know, a lot of times we see these movies and it's, you know, a cocky Superman where he's just, you know, batting him away and stuff like that. But when he's fighting the Kryptonians, Zack showed, Snyder showed a lot of different emotions coming from Superman oh, and, yeah. and, and, and that you normally do not see super Superman, especially in the comic books. I mean, a lot of it, he's just blank face, no emotion. I mean, he might throw a smile every once in a while and, and, but I mean, you don't see any pure emotion coming from it where Zack Snyder showed through Henry Cavill, that pure emotions of different sides of it. And I mean, and, and also, you know, fighting against the Kryptonians, you know, he was getting spanked there for a while, you know? And, well, let's, and, let's get into that then. Let's get into that. Uh, the, the, the Kryptonians, so we can talk about it. Um, right. right after this, right after he flies and everything, then we have a scene where he's at the, 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 he's at his farmhouse. Lois and their people are at the Daily Planet. You got people all over the world. Uh, you got the generals in their little ready rooms and stuff. And then suddenly all the lights go out around the world and this broadcast is being broadcast on every video feed. Um, that I really love this because what... In in the original Superman, the Christopher Reeve Superman, he's Superman, he saves Lois in the helicopter and everybody's like, yeah, and they're all rooting for him. And they're like, that's cool. That's not how humans react. We would be scared as hell. We'd be like, what is this going on? You know, I don't care who he's saving. Who is this that's doing it? That's explored more with Batman. It's like, this is too much power. Um, So uh, what this story ends up being is a first contact story, which is what, um, um, oh God, who wrote it? What's his name? Zack Snyder directed it. It's, oh. uh, uh, he had done Blade 
and uh, some other movies. Um, gosh, what was it? Oh, David Goyer. That's yeah. his name. Yeah. Um, he, so he had done Blade, a few others. But, um, you know, he wrote it. He had even said, you know, this, this is supposed to be a first contact story, which I absolutely love because – you know, they have a little creepiness of it. You know, I the, didn't like the, it. the sound like it. with the, in the farmhouse and everything like that, and and he even calls out Kal El, and I just kind of gives me chills yeah. because then you get Martha looking at him like, oh gosh, you know, this is an event, a world event, the most important event in human history, and that's what it would be if the world found out about Superman, especially if there was no other superheroes, which there wasn't before this happened, and so it shows us the first contact. It shows us first contact with Zod first. First, he threatens the world, and then they're like, oh there's somebody already here you know the reaction to that do we sell them out do we give them up or what you know what should we do you know it, it kind of mirrors some of the the talking points and political points nowadays what do you do with a refugee um and you know finally and superman then also has a conundrum where he's like you know should i give myself up you know he even tells that uh preacher or whatever you know i just don't know if the human race can be trusted and that guy said, you know, sometimes you just have to take you, you have to take a leap of faith. Now, I, I kind of like where they did what they did there with with him talking to the preacher. You know, it, it's it's a lot of people will reference Superman saying he's Jesus almost allegory. like a Jesus allegory, you know, and and but I liked what Snyder did. He literally had priest. Jesus over his shoulder. Yes. In that scene. Kind of the same thing. Like, should I give myself up for mankind? Which right. is the question that right. Jesus. And it's not through. even so much. You know that's that's partial in it, but I liked what he did was was you know you've got this godly being you know okay remember this is this is a uh, uh, fiction obviously but you've got this godly being that is getting advice lowercase g uh, lowercase g that's getting advice from a pastor in a church mm-hmm. that that probably has maybe a total of thirty to twenty people maybe. Every Sunday, yeah, showing maybe up it was at his the church. church, he went to when he was younger. right, right, right. But that's the obviously fa- Smallville. Guy. Yes, correct. But this godly person getting advice from a pastor who is, you know, physically everything else is not in his category. You yeah. know, I mean, but but just you know, almost almost like acknowledging the c- comparison that you know, obviously, you know, Schuster and 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 the other guy uh, Siegel. Siegel uh, Really Those are the creators for Superman, if, right. if you guys don't know. And and by the way, they were not even 18 when they created him. So there's that. Uh, but, but you know, I mean, the fact that they, they you know, obviously this is, they got a little bit of, um, when they were creating Superman, they took a little bit from that, you know, even though they were Jewish, mind you. But, you know, they took a little bit from that, you know, and, and the fact that he got with a, a pastor, which none, you know, I don't remember any adaptations of Superman doing that, you know, mm-hmm. actually, you know, incorporating church or, you know, I mean, not even, not even religion or even, even so much the Bible or nothing like that. He was just, it was almost like talking to a, a counselor, like he knew something that Clark didn't know or that wouldn't know, you know, Superman goes to him for advice, you know, and they talk about that sacrifice. I mean, you know, like Jesus is a sacrifice, you know, they, they talk about the, the sacrifice in there and, and, you know, Clark or Kal-El or Superman, whatever you want to call him, you know, he, he exemplifies that he turns himself in. He uh, allows himself to be taken by the Kryptonians. Um, and then afterwards when they fight, you know, he puts himself in front of the humans, saving humans in Smallville, uh, yeah. trying to fight them in Metropolis and everything. And he inspires others. He infi- inspires Emil, uh, Emil Hamilton to sacrifice himself. Yeah. He inspires that, uh, that, uh, uh, 
what is it? A corporal? Not a corp. Corporal. Um, General? No. Uh, the guy that uh, Christopher Maloney from the Law and Order or whatever played. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Colonel. Yeah. Colonel. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, he inspires that colonel to make a sacrifice. He even inspires Perry White. You know, so, you know, and maybe not inspires, but I mean, you have all these people that are now after Superman's made that sacrifice, they're trying to make these sacrifices too. So he has inspired the world and he does have those people stumbling behind him and trying to follow him like, like Jarrell said that they would. Um, well, hey, you, you want to hear a little bit of, um, I was looking it up and I, I don't know if there's truth to this, uh, but when, you know, when they bring out the Snyder Cut, it's supposed to be, you're supposed to see... Of Justice Dark, League? Yeah, you're supposed to see Dark Side, you're supposed to see um, Green Lantern, and then even Marvin the Martian, but... You said it too. <laughs> oh, gosh, I did, didn't I? The Martian, okay, Martian Man the Manhunter. Man Hunter, and I mean, but uh, from what I'm hearing is, and this is a little bit of maybe behind the fact, but uh, Harry Lennox, who, who played, plays General Swanwick, yeah, Swanwick. Uh, they're saying he is Martian the Manhunter. I've heard that theory before. And that, that Superman was looking right at him through the mirror, and everybody else backed up he except for the general yeah. sat right there. Now, if they're just trying to portray you know, the strongness of that general, then Because okay. they did the same thing in the Supergirl TV show. Yes. They had that general guy there mm-hmm. that was there, African-American, just like uh, just like uh, Martian Manhunter yep. is, is in the comics yep. and stuff. Yep. Um, and, yeah, so... Uh, and, and if you notice that when they had the fire in Man, uh, Man of Steel... He was nowhere to be found. That general was nowhere to be found. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's a little, you know, that that might be just a theory, but um, if that played out, it's a good theory. Yeah, I, I would it. love that I, if that played out. I'd accept it. Yeah. Um. And so from here on out, as soon as uh, the the uh, the the aliens come and they have the first contact, and Superman's taking from here on out, it's nothing but just action, action and chaos, action, and, adrenaline. And everything that a Superman movie should be, you know, a lot of people complained about the destruction and and yeah, and, the overabundance yeah. of action. It's like, well, you know, it was like a complete 180 from Superman Returns, which yeah. is kind of a snooze fest, bore fest. Like, I get what they were trying to do. I get what Brian Singer was trying to do in that movie. It just does not work, you, you know. And especially like now, like like the action of of the original Richard Donner Superman, you know, it, it doesn't really hold up that well today. Yeah, and those Kryptonians, they sure did. Uh, um control their powers pretty quickly huh yeah huh? Uh-huh. are you talking about oh yeah, yeah the richard donner one? yeah even though uh since a baby no i'm talking about in this one too this one. they 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 well, gain control of their powers so quickly where but that's what i was talking about earlier when when zod was created to be that person that will that 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 can adapt quickly and overcome okay. and, and learn okay, things I'll you know that. so I, I i think that that was because he even said, he's like, where did you learn? You know, I, right. I've spent my whole life conditioning my body to be able to, you know, learn these I things. Mean, you know, where did you train? On a farm? Yeah. For, for three, and for 33 years, you know, he's he's absorbed that yellow sun, which which if whoever doesn't know, which I, I'm pretty sure all y'all know, but, uh, you know, that's where Superman gets, or Kryptonians get their power from is the yellow sun. Not the red sun, but the yellow sun, you know, and... and and it's just it, it kind of kind of little drive me a little crazy, but at the same time, you know what you just said really makes sense to you know because again, him being bred like the way he was, I'm sure he was bred to adapt to any situation that, that right. came up, and therefore probably quicker to be a fighter, right? And all that you know, but but you know you can almost think that you know you can adapt to the powers, but 
will you be as powerful as somebody that has lived under that yellow sun for so long and absorbed so many of his rays? Cause that's the basis of his power. Yeah. You know, you almost think you almost want to think, you know, Superman's got to be stronger. He's got to be faster. He's got to be, um, you know, all his, his, you know, his vision, uh, laser vision, all that other stuff should be stronger than Zod's or anybody else's. Right. And, and you think about it, Kryptonians are, are, are powerful. They're the soldiers. They're, they're powerful because they were trained to be that way, but they are limited. They are limited to their genetics and how they were, their genetics were created in a lab. Whereas Superman, it's all natural. He's not limited. He can expand. And that brings us to, uh, the, the, the last point that we have, right. which is, the destruction and the consequences of that destruction of of Metropolis. Now, this was a, a huge point of contention when the movie came out. Um, what are your thoughts on the overabundance of destruction in Metropolis? Um, I would like to see more medals given out to people that are cleaning up um, the destruction that these uh, heroes are creating. And, um, you know, I, I feel like they don't get enough acknowledgement. You know? And they did in the next movie. I don't know if that was just a response to the complaints people had in the first one where they plan to talk about. But, I mean, like the next movie is then all about, like I said, it's a think piece about the consequences of having someone like this here. And, you know, that, that all goes off, you know, on, on the destruction of, of, of what happened that day. Um, well, so, I mean, you got you got to... Here's the thing. I mean, I, I know that we don't see it until the next movie, until BVS, but you've got to realize that, yes, Clark saved the world, but the reason Zod was there is because... Of Clark. Of Clark, or, you know, Superman, whatever. You know, he was there because of Superman... Turned on that ship. Turned on that ship, which, you know, you kind of really don't want, you know, humans really kind of dwelling in there, because that's how you create Lex Luthor. You know, so so in turn, you know, you're either creating a very smart, very um, uh, uh, Lex Luthor, a scarier Lex Luthor that has uh, access to alien technology, which, you know, as we know in Batman versus Superman, he got a hold of it anyways. Yeah. But, you know, you got to look at the impact of what it created, you know, during that destruction. Yes, he stopped Zod, killed there are probably a million per- people probably lost their lives during that battle. Well, maybe thousands, like yeah. tens of thousands. And, and, and millions of dollars, billions, probably billions of dollars of destruction. And then you create a hatred from Batman uh, towards Superman, which, again, it doesn't affect until the following, you know, until BVS. But then again, you know, there's a, you see the spider web of, of you know, repercussions from this battle. Yes, again, he did stop Zod. Nobody else probably could have stopped Zod, not even Batman, okay? You know, Superman is literally the only person that could have stopped Zod. But, you know, it, it created a spider web of events after the fact. And, you know, I mean, I think even Superman acknowledges that through BVS. But, you know, it, it, there's a lot of deep meaning in there. You know, what happened? You know, I mean, you, you see, you know, Perry White barely escaping. You know, you see Lois, you know... Um, 
trying to help Superman through throughout the whole battle, which, you know, personally. I was glad she had something to do. She did, but she got in the way. <laughs> she got in the she, she did Quite a bit. he had to save her a couple of times. And well, stuff, and his mother but, too, you know. Yeah, but I mean, you know, you can't have a love interest running around no. and not be in trouble every once in a while, especially if you especially don't have powers. One named Lois Lane who who tends to get into to nonsense yeah, constantly. My, my thoughts are is like you need destruction. A, a scale this big, you know, you, you got Superman, you get you gotta have a villain that's strong enough to contend with him. Yeah. Um and you know, you had the destruction of Smallville and the destruction of Metropolis and everything. Um, you you have to have that in a Superman movie. I mean, these are these are this is a world invasion. Well, uh, it shows the epicness of yeah, the film. I mean, had Superman not done what he did, you know, the entire world would have been destroyed, and, and not just Metropolis. So, you know, obviously, you know, people can say, well, you know, blame the Kryptonians; they're the ones that did it. Superman could have you know we've seen i had a problem with it a little bit because we've seen in the past that that superman cares just as much about well i mean not just as much but he cares a lot about property damage as well and tries to save you know a lot of the property damage if he can um this one was just an all-out destruction i mean you sit there i mean for a good like 30 minutes you're just watching building after building fall and just smash and i mean you're just watching destruction rain down i don't think we needed as much as we got but I think uh, you know you, you need to have some kind of an impact, and then they addressed it in the next movie. So I'm not too upset. Yeah, with but it. but again, you know, if if you look at like for instance, look at 300. I mean, there was so much destruction in that movie. Uh, even Watchmen. I mean, they literally you know set off atomic uh, bombs and, and and whatnot. But you know, that's I think that's how that's one of the keys to Zack Snyder's directing is he's got to make it the most epic possible film that he can do you know because i mean he de- he never does it half ass i mean if you look at it you know i mean the epicness of of his of his directing and and the writers that came along with that too and you know i guarantee you he's got his own set of writers that 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 kind of write a lot of it you know for him but the epicness of it that's what Zack snyder's about yeah. and that's what made it great because the visual you know we we talked about the audio but we you know really the visual and his 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 idea of the visualness of these movies and you had to have that in Superman. Yeah. And like you were saying, I mean, you understood that you had to have that. You know, you thought there was a lot of extra, you know. But it just showed how evil Zod was. And not only that, but I mean, it it, it, it that's placed on Clark's shoulders as well. Because, yeah, he was the reason that they were there. And, uh, you know, he, he didn't do anything to prevent the damage. You know, he uh, not that he could have, but... Um, you know, I, I think that's all placed on shoulders. It's another thing that he has to deal with, just like what happens next, which is my other, my my, my second huge point of contention when I first watched this is when he snapped Zod's neck and uh, and killed him at the end. You know, we have these Batman and Superman always have these rules, right? But do they really? Because you know, Batman let the Joker die in the first Batman, and he Superman put, literally punched Joker's heart out. Well, and I'm talking just about the movies, like like in the very first Batman right, movie, he right. let the Joker die, and Batman Returns, uh, Batman was putting bombs on people and throwing them and letting them blow up. I mean, so yeah. Harvey they died. He let Harvey Dent die. I mean, he really probably could have saved. But I mean, it. he actually killed people. He put that in Batman Returns. Yeah. He's putting bombs, yeah. and, you know, a little silly. Well, when they, uh, when they say bombs. Superman and Batman don't don't kill anybody i mean they probably don't directly i mean except for batman but but what i'm saying is i mean superman won't directly kill anybody i mean i'm sure that him going through one of those buildings and pretty much toppling the buildings just because his body went through it through because zod 
shot him through it. Except in Superman 2, whenever he uh, he turned them into regular humans and throw them down those huge chasms in the North Pole, uh-huh. if you remember that. That was another death. So I think the whole thing about uh, making Batman and Superman have these rules where they don't kill somebody, I you know there, there's Maybe not, not much, directly there's not much history for it. You know right. they, it's been it's been done in the past, um, but you know this is looking at year one like we've been saying, and so maybe this is the the reason that from now on superman will always try to find a way around killing somebody and it, I, I like the the scene now um because it's a cool you know when you're looking at themes of the movie you know the whole movie uh clark Kalal superman he's been trying to decide human kryptonian human kryptonian and a few minutes before this scene he told zod krypton had its chance so he's made his decision and right there that was like zod making sure he made his decision um and you had a good point when we had talked about this, as far yeah, as Zod, be, yeah, before Zod's we get into that, I got a counterpoint for you. Okay, what? now, yeah, he killed. He, you know, he killed Zod. He did kill Zod, right? And you're saying, you know, okay, maybe he might not, you know, kill anybody else after that fact. I don't believe that because I feel like if somebody is as powerful as him or more powerful than Superman, and he is just destructive. Doomsday, for instance, you know, I mean, the BVS, he, he killed Doomsday, uh, killing himself at the same time. But but I feel like, you know, where difference between Batman and Superman, Batman always finds a way to get whatever he wants done. You know, if that's whether or not that's not killing anybody, I mean, you know, um, or whatever. But Superman, I feel like if there's somebody as powerful as him or more powerful than him, I, I feel like he would resort to the same same okay, so outcome. What, so what you're saying is basically, you know, he would never take a human life because they Correct. are, con- and this is this sounds bad, but, you know, they are lesser than him. But right. if there's somebody that's on the same level right. of him that cannot be taken down and he's the only one that can. Right. Yeah, you know, that, that does because, make sense. You know, you know that, protecting lower life forms right. as far as humans or and, whatever. And that's People that kind can't of his protect job. themselves. Yeah, yeah, that's... But, I mean, you know, if you really think about it, though, is, you know, that's the difference between him and Batman. Batman is the type of person that kind of... He thinks 10 steps ahead. Right. Superman, Superman, you know, has... Batman doesn't think with feelings. Deals feeling. with the problems yeah, that, as they come yeah, down. Yeah, ba- Batman don't think with feelings. He doesn't deal with feelings. Yeah, in the comic books, Superman I mean, he does. prepared for it. He, he found out all their weaknesses and had files on uh-huh. how to kill and this is in every them. single adaptation of yeah. Batman or the Justice League. And they League. end up getting in the wrong yeah. hands. And yeah, yeah, and then they get pissed at Batman for it. But let me ask you a question. What do you think Zod's mentality was at the end of the movie, at the end of the fight where they crashed into the train station? I, I believe Zod... Zod knew he was going to die he, he he knew that um he had lost that fight he when when they entered that train station he knew he lost that fight he knew that that Kal-El, whether it be he because he wasn't strong he, enough. he was he was younger you know Kal-El was younger Kal-El, um you know more again experience with more experience powers. with his powers um you know not fighting so much but i mean you know if you notice that fight wasn't about technicality you know it was it was all about brute force you know and and I felt like Zod knew that his end was near, and and a man that that has no future, whether it be fifteen minutes or you know four years down down the road, they have no future. They act differently. You know, Zod is a very collective person. He's a very he collects himself. He's very you know he's got that military mind. He's very you know plan you know planning and whatnot. But you know. 
I think I think Zod was at the end of his rope. He knew he was at the end of his rope. So, you know, he became a desperate man at that point, and therefore he wanted to win in the end. He knew he was going to lose his life, but he wanted to win in the end. And he knew that Cal al didn't want to kill he, him. Yes. And but he, he made him make a choice, right? Yep. And, I, you know, you've, t- you've told me, you talked about this with me uh, a while ago, and, and I was like, yeah, you know, you're right. And I think, you know, what happened was Zaz obviously stronger, got more military experience, more yeah. fighting experience. He, was, he had mastered all the powers that, that yeah. Clark had. He was obviously stronger, a better fighter than Clark. But what's always been about Superman is his will. Yes. He has these this extremely powerful and like almost you know uncorruptible or incorruptible right, right. will, um, and that's I mean even if he's not strong enough, he becomes strong enough just yes, through his will. Yes. Not like he well, gets extra strength, but I mean he just yeah. has that that that. I mean that's one of the most cemented things about Superman is his will, and I right. think that's what Zod and, saw. And being more morally uncorruptible, you know that's that's Superman from the get go is that. Superman has always been morally incorruptible. You cannot corrupt Superman. You can corrupt every single character, every single comic book character, whether it be Marvel or DC, but Superman. And I'm thinking that just because he he's the uh, OG of comic books, that you know, that he's day, a least. symbol. He Superman has always been a symbol of hope and good and being morally incorruptible. Batman talks about it all the time. You know, he he basically says, you know, Superman. You know, I, I believe he even said in BVS that that you know if Superman wanted to, you know he could rule the world. But Batman also knows that Superman will not do that. He will not be corrupted in that sense. Now Zod knew that. Zod figured that out as well because of his military mind and able to think. You know, think a couple steps ahead. He knew he was going to die, so his last his last effort was going to be. To, to say, hey, I'm gonna take somebody out. Yeah, I'm gonna take somebody out, and why not the man that that Jarrell's son, who um, you know he didn't want Jarrell to win. You know he didn't want he didn't want Clark to win. He didn't want the Earthlings to be superior in any shape or form. So he figured that if he could corrupt Superman at his last moment, that it would prove to to Clark and Superman that that do you see, you know these humans are not worth your time. They're not worth to be uh, a part of them they're meant to be led yeah because we didn't we never talked about zod in this episode um we've talked about it before but you know zod would like we said uh, all kryptonians were created with 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 certain attributes uh that made them productive whether it's zod as a general or or jor-el as a scientist um and so zod was created to protect his people and at whatever cost that that is so he's not necessarily a bad guy he's a guy that's doing what it takes all other racists be damned uh to protect his race because that's how that's how, that's what he was created that's and all his he own knows. vision he wants that's, to see his vision yeah that's his soul and he yep. even told uh told superman that's what you've uh, my soul that's what you've taken from me yeah and so uh, you know this whole movie he's had this you know he's been calm he's been collected you know this is his goal when Superman sent everybody to the Phantom Zone and Zod was the only one left, Zod was like, you've taken everything from me, my purpose. So now yeah. I'm going to take everything from you that you hold dear and that, that makes you, you. And that's these humans. But, you know, he's so he's going to kill them. He's going to kill Superman first. Yeah. When he realized he couldn't do that, he's like, okay, well, I'm going to take these humans from yes. you. Just like you've taken my people. Because he wants and to corrupt them. now you to make them. a decision. Yeah. And now, you get, now, you get, now I'm going to take away your purpose. Yep. If you let these people die... Then you let humans die. If you yep. kill me, you've basically destroyed your entire race. Yeah, you know and, the, and, the last bit of your race. Yeah, and we we go back to the point of, you know, as far as Superman's concerned, 
Kryptonians aren't his people anymore. They, you know, and, and in a way, because he came here at, at, at think, such a young baby age. I think that age, decision happened when he yeah. actually said Krypton had its chance, yes, and he destroyed that yes, ship, so there yes. was no way to bring back Earth. Kryptonian. Earth is his home now. Right. Earth, Earth, um, Krypton is. I mean, you know, he he's. I think he's more interested in Krypton, but Earth is his home. Well, he always wants to know where he comes from. Yeah, but it's oh, clear yeah. by the end of the movie that the you know this whole movie has been he's been walking the line between. Uh, you know, Kryptonians and humans, and by the end of the movie, he's made his choice, and that's what makes him that beacon. Yep. And, you know, and and Zod wanted to take that away from him, and 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 you know, essentially, if you look at it deeply, you know, Zod wanted to remove Jonathan Kent from him because that's 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 his backbone. That's that's um, you know, that's, wanted to take away the human in him. Yes, that's that's his that's you know, Jonathan Kent and and what he taught Clark. Is what made him human. That's his you know, morality. And that's his morality. And so he wanted to essentially remove Jonathan Kent, but it just goes to show that somebody without any powers, somebody that, you know, died a somewhat early age, um, and but was such a strong character, strongly created character, and and when they created Jonathan Kent, he's just such a strong and, and such an important character. He's, without, he's not even around most of the time. He's but not. His essence, his morality yes. is is all over the place. Yes, and he's such Through a... Superman. Right, and, and, and it just goes to show that, yeah, Zod had all these powers, but still Jonathan Kent was stronger yeah. than him. So I mean, you know, we we've talked a lot about the different things in this 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 movie. You know, we've broken we've broken down a lot of things. The main point that we want to make is how layered this entire movie was how good the script from David Goyer was and and Zack Snyder and how well thought out this was there was meaning there was purpose behind it I don't want to knock the Richard Donner or the Brian or, or the Mar- or a lot of these Marvel films yeah, really be, you, know? you know I don't want to specifically the Superman ones because I mean it was it was really good movies and you could believe a man could fly and everything like that but they weren't really layered you know Lex had a plan yeah. that any James Bond villain would have had in sinking yeah. California and then now his desert uh, real estate uh, he's able to sell it you know it's, yeah. that sounds like some kind of of a laughing, well, smirking well, Bond villain, whereas right. the motivations here and the the character arcs that you took people through with every single character that was in here, it, it, it's so layered, so well layered that a lot of people just saw it as like you know this is dull. There's not, it's not bright enough. He's depressed. He's not depressed. This just isn't the Superman we he's, know yet. He's lost. This is showing lost. us how we get there. Yeah, he's he's he really is a lost character for the first half of the film. I mean he. He he's just trying to find, like you said earlier, he's trying to find out who he is as a per, as a human. Even though he's not human, he's trying to find out who he is, and and what he wants to be, and what what you know, not not even what he wants to be, what he has to be, you know. And and I mean, it's almost impossible you, for us to put ourselves in that situation, too. Right, so maybe right. that's why it well, and, a lot of people and, off. And, and, and let's let's t- you know one thing we've never really talked about. I mean, this will be a quick thing, but one thing we've never ever mentioned was the bar scene where he worked right okay those guys don't know him he mm-hmm. I, I think he was even going by a false name nobody Joe. He, yeah yeah he was a dishwasher okay right. mind you he could have destroyed those guys destroyed them okay and he was at a kind of and a depressing depressing point point in his life yeah still yeah, didn't know he did who he was he didn't know who everything. he was but that's that's the strength of having jonathan kent in him that that you know because even at the, his darkest darkest moment 
and being treated like garbage where he could literally twist them. He could th- he could throw them up to the moon if he well, wanted and it was, to. It was cool because it was like this one rare scene that you see Superman. Quite childish at the moment. Lose yeah. is cool, throw a temper <laughs> tantrum, and completely destroy that guy's right, truck. But, right, but he still was defending that woman. That's even one though, of my favorite scenes yeah, in the movie really when is. the guy pushes him and like the guy pushes himself back because <laughs> yeah. Superman doesn't move. Yeah, but, I just love that. And you can, it sounds like me, he's hitting metal. Yeah, but, but you got you got to admit that that was the turning point in the movie. It really was the turning point in the movie. Well, and he had found out in that bar yes. about where a ship was and everything right, like that. But, right. I mean, that was one of those things in the movie that was one of those – the reason he went and talked to that that preacher is yeah. like, I don't know if humans can be trusted either because they're just awful. That and along with the kids that were bullying him, yeah. when he was like yeah. had his hand on that bar yeah, and he yep. just bent it, he could have destroyed them. But so, so, so this movie is just so uh, multifaceted, multi-layered. Um, there's just so much to it, and if you actually stop and realize this isn't a Superman movie, this is how Superman became Superman. That movie, you don't just skip. You don't just have okay. He came from Krypton, uh, you know, Krypton, and now he's Superman. You know, yeah. Where, where, where all, all you're seeing is that maybe he, uh, you know, Martha Kent's uh, sewing him a suit. And he's, you know, he's about to put it on. But I mean, that's where you, a lot Hell, of these you didn't super, even get that in Richard Donner I, movie. I know. And it's probably why we like, we love this movie, but we also like Smallville is because, you know, there's depth to it, you know, and, right. and where, where a lot of Superman, even I, I got to say, Richard Don, Donner did an amazing job. Awesome. Did yeah. something that uh, I will never were, not love those movies. Right. Except right. For three and four. But, but there's no depth to those movies. There really wasn't. I mean, and again, you know. If you notice or at nowadays, least not a lot of depth. It, there's not a lot of depth. I mean, and then they, they, you know, they tended to throw some weird stuff in that, like going back in time, which Superman never really has ever been known to do. I mean, that. look at that climax and compared, you know, he turned back time compared to what we got, which is more realistic, right. more, more in line with what you would expect from Superman. Um, before we close this up, did you have any little nags? Um, yeah, I can tell you a couple of mine. Like, like I already talked to you once. A little bit too much destruction. Um, Lois says Clark too much when he's when she's talking to Superman. Yeah. When she uh, when he flies away to go save his mother, she goes Clark. When she shows up at his house, she goes Clark. You know, and I yeah. think there was one other, and there was a cop right there, and there was one other time she said Clark. So it's like uh, the whole time I'm thinking, I'm like, stop saying his name. You know, yeah. it's like it, it's like yeah, there's a cop here, but he could talk to this person, that person. And the 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 last one I had it kind of has to do with that. There's too much evidence of Clark's identity. That's that's exactly what I was about to say. I mean, that's my biggest problem. In the whole movie is that Lois. Uh, I mean, being the world's best reporter, that's granted. But no, Lois has never found out who Superman was. Yeah, you're telling me the CIA can't find this quickly. guy. And, and and the fact that that. Oh, well, mean, that probably happened over a couple weeks of her. But even a couple down. weeks, yeah, you know, I, know, I mean, no, Lois has never. I mean, the only time Lois found out was because. Uh, Clark Kent told her who he was. Well, you know? and, uh, but I mean, yeah, it's like in in the show. I mean, she just tracked him down somewhat easily. At the end of the movie, he crashes the drone, and uh, the, the General Swanwick says, "Are you effing stupid?" And he goes, "I know you're trying to find out where I hang my cape." Yeah. And I'm like, "So many people can tell you that, <laughs> you know. So many people. How have you not figured this out? I mean, right? You know, you got little double dealings with okay. the CIA agents. The, and the whole army shows up in Smallville. I mean, come on now, you know. They, it's like the, the Kryptonians went to the Kent farm. Yes, they destroyed the Kent farm. Yes. What did they think they were there for? So, and then whenever Lois came up with the cop, 
Superman was sitting there talking to Martha, like you yeah. know, they're just they're just sitting back and everything. You know, did nobody think to go question Martha I, I, about I what he was talking about? Two and two together. The fact that so, they're in some random Kansas city. And Superman is doing everything in his power to protect that town, which is, you yeah. know, why Kansas? Why, why Kansas? And then what did he say to General Swanwick at the end? He's like, how do you know without you won't go against, act against American interests? He goes, I grew up in Kansas, General. It's like, oh uh, my God. Two and two <laughs> equals seven. <laughs> but, you know, the, like I said, those are nags. I mean, there's probably tons of superhero movies where you could be like well how do they not know that this person is that person it's like a, f- a filler for the movie right and know? then obviously there's the question of okay Clark Kent looks exactly like Superman what do glasses do and everything you know Christopher yeah. Reeve solved that in, uh, pretty pretty convincingly in his movies but yeah. actually Brandon Routh does a pretty good job in, 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 in showing that I as well I will say Brandon Routh I give him credit because you know, he wasn't trying to create a new Superman. He was trying to basically copy what Christopher Reeve did, and that's that was Brian Singer's point. He wanted to make a and sequel. the guy was a Superman fan. Brandon yeah. Routh is a Superman fan, and so is Brian Singer. I mean, he was supposed yep. to do the third X Men movie, and he left to go do Superman. But you know, he that's that the point was they wanted to make a sequel to Part Two, um, and pretend like three and four never happened. And he was supposed to be the Christopher Reeve, so he had that voice down. He yeah. did really good when you know the yeah. way he said Lois and everything. But you know, it's just that that movie was too much. I'll, I'll watch it for like the 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 awesome uh, airplane um, <laughs> the, when he saves the airplane breaking off. That was a pretty you, cool. And scene. You're talking about Return. Yeah, Superman Returns. Whenever he saves the airplane from crashing yeah. and stops it in the baseball field, that was pretty cool. That was a pretty cool scene and everything. And you know, I, I liked I liked Lex. I liked I liked who they you know Ke- Kevin Spacey. Um, He's persona Lex. non grata nowadays, uh, well, so I won't say anything I, I, okay, about that. Okay, I'll give you that. But as far as Lex, uh, you know, you, you you believed him in that movie that he was a genius. You yeah. know, which Lex is, a, you know, Lex is a genius. So, well, you know, I hope I hope we kind of gave gave you guys a little bit, you know, different of an insight uh, into this movie, Man of Steel. It, it wasn't a bad movie, and, and even the critics didn't think it was a bad movie overall. I think it's a fifty something. Uh, which isn't, which is technically rotten on on Rotten Tomatoes, but I mean it has a seventy five percent audience score. I tend to listen to the audience I, more I, than the yeah Rotten the Tomatoes. Anyways. I, I don't I don't go off Rotten Tomatoes after they took off their um, their rating system because yeah, they, there's that whole politics involved. Yeah. And, and and you know what you know if if just because which we don't talk about on this yeah show. And you, you don't you don't yeah I know but you don't want to satisfy okay you don't want to satisfy you know uh, you don't want to piss off one one side or the other. But you know, you know, leave up the rating system. If it gets some horrible ratings, sorry for you. You know, that's what happens. Now, if people are manipulating the the rating system, then they may need to change there. Right. But that's just my little rant for today. Yeah, I think you know this movie came out in 2013. There was already five Marvel movies at that point, so you know people were expecting a certain type of movie, and they got this. And DC is this. You know, DC is vastly different than Marvel. Um, stakes are higher, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I hope that uh, we, we kind of showed you the different layers of it and, and, and you could see the passion that we have for this movie. And maybe you look at the movie, well, you know, pop it in, bring it up on Amazon, whatever, you know, and, and look at it in a different light. Give it a chance if you haven't before or just enjoy it even more if you if you already liked it. Um, again, uh, you, you know, if, if you want to guys, if you guys want to get a hold of us, uh, we're on uh, Facebook, Instagram at uh, the Post Credit Podcast. Uh, our email is the Post Credit Podcast at gmail.com. Um, on our next episode, we're going to have um, uh, the host from uh, Groundless. It's a Justified podcast. If you guys don't know what that that is, uh, it's a show called Justified. It's one of my top top three favorite shows. 
And these guys do a podcast uh, where they do a new episode uh, for every episode of Justified. It's really good. Um, these guys are, are, are really funny. Uh, I think they'll, they'll have a lot of insight on that. And they so. love Justified. They love Justified. It's, a, it's, an, it's an amazing show. It really is. But, uh, you know, it's uh, we're, we're just, me, me and uh, Matt are just impatient people, and we, we just can't. You know, it's like ADD with it when it comes to movies and TVs. We got we to gotta cover it all. Right, right. So we, you know, we, we we heard these guys' podcasts. We really want to talk to them. So uh, uh, stay tuned for that. Look out for that. Um, uh, we'll have that out um, after this episode uh, sometime next week. And uh, we appreciate you guys uh, listening. Uh, we'll see you next time. Throw me a bang.